Previously on Armor Up 613. Bringing it. Bringing it tonight. We're bringing the heat tonight. Oh, hey, guys. Hey. (laughs) I feel like this is the part where we'd go off the rails before we even (laughs) start. (laughs) Well, so um, if you've been following us, following along um, the last episodes, we've been talking about purpose, finding purpose, and all that good stuff because purpose is important so you can have fulfillment in your life. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted to break out with this episode. So after you found your purpose, um, how are you going to get there? I guess I guess my question then to a lot of men that's listening today is how disciplined do you think you are? Like, <laughs> Not very. I just, I just ate a whole sleeve of Oreos in a Snickers bar. I'm, not, I'm not, not doing well today, buddy. Like, think about it. If you are passionate about something – it's not going to be as difficult for you to be disciplined. A lot of people, a lot of men, that means cutting away all the excess things that have divided your attention and your energy to, to the point where once you really know what it is that you're supposed to do, once you lock in on that, that that's when the passion comes. And I, honestly, I don't, I don't think you, you all the time have a clear picture of what your purpose and passion is going to be until you're willing to say, God, whatever it is, I'm going to put one foot in front of the next and, and start walking out here to, you know, into into the abyss or whatever. And I think that it's good for every man that's listening to this podcast right now to think of two things, a spiritual vision and a physical vision. When you talk about, you know, if we don't get the immediate results, if we don't start to see things happening as fast as we want, we start justifying our reason to start looking for something else. Well, maybe God doesn't want me here. Maybe this isn't the will of God. Maybe. And that's where a lot of times, you know, we can try to push the process and, and get outside of, of God's planning and his His timing for, for us. Think about it. You may have the right purpose. You may have the right goal. You may be where God wants you to be, but you just may be getting distracted a little too much. And those those distractions are pulling you away. And you need to think about that, man. What's distracting you right now? What's pulling you away from your purpose? Because if it's pulling you away from your purpose, you're giving it power. And so you've got to stop giving power to those things that are pulling you away. And I think... You know, just maybe to focus this back on to discipline and, and to spiritual disciplines is the mistake that we often make is thinking that we can control through external methods our hearts. So in other words, <clears throat> if you say, well, I'm, I'm distracted, I'm struggling with things, I need to fast. And if we if we feel like the act of fasting in itself or if like if I fast or if I do if I read my Bible more. You know, all of those things are are, are biblical methods of humbling yourself and, and getting closer to God. But it, it, if that's not our motivation in doing them, if our motivation is if if I fast more, then God will use me more. If I fast more, I'll get what it is that I'm I'm wanting. Even though there's there's biblical precedence for all of that, the motivation in the biblical precedence was always about humility about a less of me, more of you mentality. And so, you know, whether, whatever the spiritual discipline is, the the focus of it has to be 
God, let more of your spirit be in my heart so that the evil things that naturally come out of my heart that are going to corrupt me and, and, you know, disrupt what you want to do with my life, let those things, you know, go away as, as more of your spirit consumes me from the inside out. Because I think the problem with religion in general is thinking that if I can do, if I can practice this, this, and this, if I can follow these rules, that I can somehow control my heart and the evil that's in my heart. And really, we, we try to f- change the inside by changing the outside. And that's exactly the opposite of how God intends to, to work in our lives. That's really good. As we, as we focus more on relationship and, and, and God's spirit fills our life in a deeper way and, and, a, and we open our heart to receive more of his spirit in, in our lives, then the change naturally occurs. My favorite story, one of my favorite stories, is Zacchaeus. Um, I, feel, I feel some uh, connection to the man. He was short, and I, I feel <laughs> like we can now. relate. Man, short stature. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> I've climbed trees and ladders to see things before. Uh, not really. I just made that up. Um, but one of my favorite things is he was he – was, we, we talk about him like he wasn't that bad of a guy, but he was a tax collector in, in – Tax collectors were known thieves. They yeah, they yeah, basically yeah. preyed on people because they had been given the authority to take taxes, and they took more than what you know they they were supposed to take. And none of the people couldn't do anything about it because like the original mafia. If they tried to do anything about it, they'd throw them in jail. And the people knew that, so they were they were powerless. They were these were evil people. And so when when this guy decides he wants to see Jesus, I have no idea what his motivation was to see Jesus. But when he when Jesus looked up and said, "I'm coming to your house today," he went to the to Zacchaeus's pad, and I mean it was a big, probably a big fancy place, and he had this big feast and and invited all of his friends. And right in the middle of the dinner, Zacchaeus jumps up and starts confessing all the stuff he's done wrong. Jesus, we don't see in Scripture that Jesus said a word to him to to make him, you know, he he didn't correct anything. Just being in the presence of, of Jesus made Zacchaeus want to change who he was. He said, I'm, I'm going to stop doing all the things, the bad things I'm doing. I'm going to give money back to the people I stole from. And he was instantly changed just being in the presence of, of Jesus. And sometimes we feel like in order for people to change that we've got to put them into a some kind of program of, of a regimen of, of things and say, well, you've got to stop doing this. So there's some, here's here's a seven-step plan yeah. And how you can get your life right, you know, fast once a day, fast, read your Bible seven times. I mean, we have all these things when, when, you know, we have, we read in the scripture, all it took was being in Jesus's presence. And I think we all have been in the presence of the Lord before to know that that is all it takes. But sometimes as a substitute for his presence and his spirit in our life, we try to control through, through just religious things that are not in themselves bad. Fasting is not bad. It's good. You need it. But if the reason that we fast is to try to somehow change our heart, then our motivation is backwards. Yeah, That's a really good point. Yeah, I was going to say, and uh, I have this pulled up, um, Jeremiah 17 and 9, where uh, it talks about the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Right. Who who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search the heart and examine secret motives. Wow. Secret motives. Right. So 
it really it really uh it makes you think like okay well if if i if i fast more so i can be used more if i do this so i could i maybe god will do this or maybe god will bless me or da 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 what is your secret motive behind that right selfish that's yeah. a secret selfish selfish mo- uh, motive right you absolutely know? because you're saying I, i'm trying to earn i'm trying to earn a position with god right i'm trying to earn him saying hey i'll put you on my team Right. It's like the kid. Uh, and I was probably that kid, you know, getting picked for kickball. Hey, pick me, pick me, pick me. Oh, come on now. You weren't that person. I probably was. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. w- w- what is the secret motive behind it? Right. In uh, Isaiah 29, verse 13, the Lord it says, the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man made rules learned by mindless repetition. Oh, and I think ooh, that ooh. it's our natural it's a natural human response to fall back on man made rules and rituals and that we and, and it and it becomes mindless repetition because there's nothing that connects it to our heart and it's 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 just something that we, we feel we still have some control, we have some say in our own righteousness. And uh at the end like that passage is he he brings out that the, the Jesus sees the things we do in the dark, because again that comes hand in hand. If you if you publicly go through the motions, it's it's ninety to hundred percent chance that in in the dark is is when the true the the struggle Absolutely, is, yeah. and you're failing oh, yeah. in the dark. Yeah. And as a cover, you you go through the motions publicly. Again, I don't know. I guess it's it's that we feel we can somehow control things, or we uh, can save some face and pride and and hide behind our our mindless repetition. You know, a lot of it has to do with the the two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Somebody preached a message about that I know. recently. Yeah, I heard about that. Dang it! Who uh, was it? I don't know. So, but the tree of life was all about the heart, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil is all about rules. Yeah. It's like once the enemy exposed them to the knowledge of good and evil, it became all about, okay, tell me the rules. And then, and, and it was so backwards and God was going, look, I just want your heart. And the stronger our relationship with God, the greater our discipline will be. It's what you was just saying a while ago, Aaron. It's like when the spirit of God comes in your life and the spirit of God is so strong and you have an incredible relationship with God, then the stronger your disciplines will already become because it comes out of your heart. It's not right. something that you feel like you're forced to do. So therefore, it leads us to this, is that when we are tempted, it's a test of our relationship and not a test of our self-discipline. Did you get that? When we are tempted, it's not a test of our self-discipline. It's a test of our relationship with God. So you've got to put yourself in a position to where you're having a incredible relationship with God. And when you're tempted, you're not going to want to do those things because you love God too much. It's the same way us men are are married to our wives. You know, if the temptation is there for another woman, then if you're in love with your wife, you're going to go, I don't want that. Exactly. Because I'm too in love with my wife. There's a relationship there. Right. Exactly. And so, so men think about that. When your relationship with God is is strong and where it needs to be, and you're serving God out of your heart, not out of man-made rules, 
you're going to want to do everything you can to please God. There's not going to be any part of you that's going to want to do something uh, to break his heart. Do yeah. people really serve God because of man-made rules? <laughs> so Yeah, but I mean, like, it, it's easy to do. We've all done it. Yeah. Because huh. it's that, that part of us that wants to try to control the inward things on the outside. I like what you said uh, Sunday when you were preaching, and you you were saying – when, like with your wife, when you're when you're in love with your wife, you're not going up to her and saying, "So what can I get away with? Like how, yeah. how oh, yeah, far that, can I, I go? Give give that example. I'm telling like I was uh, I was upstairs on the on the uh, on the computer that night, you know, doing the slides, and I was like, man, that is so stinking good. Like yeah. just just tell it, man. So it, I'm not gonna go up to my wife tonight and be like, hey, babe, what can I get away with? but still be married to you? Like, are you okay, like, if maybe I text another lady or call another lady? If I do that, are me and you still good? Like, we don't ever go up to our wife saying, what's the line before we have to, like, get a divorce or before How far can I yeah. go before it's... How far can I go? Before it's bad. Before it's inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't do that. Like, yeah. why would we do that to God? And we go, okay, God... What can I do to, like, how far can I go in order for me and you to be good? Right. And, but like, we test those limits all the time with God. All the time. And, and in, in the same way, though, sometimes our motivation behind why we do things is, like, if if we said, well, I, I want my wife to love me, so I better go, you know, wash the dishes tonight, you yeah. know, because if I don't, there's no, way there's no way I'm getting what I want later. You know what I mean? So in, in the other way, it's, it's like if I'm thinking, man, how can I make her life better? What what can I do? Because I love her and I want to make her life better. Not And I'm not worried about what I get in return because my motivation is to love her and to, and to do things that would make her feel better. And so applying that to, to the spiritual is if, if I'm fasting, I'm not fasting to impress God or to get his attention or to get something in return, even though, again, there's biblical precedence of people that fasted and said, you know, I want a child. But but mostly for us today, the the, the spiritual discipline of fasting is is a is humility. It's saying what what you know, I, I want to humble myself to where I can get more of God. It's not that you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to impress God, but I want more of his spirit. I want. And so I realize that I've got to crucify this flesh in order to get more of his spirit. And so I'm, I'm searching for his spirit and more of him, not so that, you know, I can get something. Hey, I, I just got just got an, an awesome point here. Like, you know, we're talking about our wives. We're talking about a relationship with God. And years ago, there was a famous book that come out called The Five Love Languages. You remember yeah, that? I've read it, yeah. It's yeah, great. it's great. And so, men out there, if you don't know what your wife's love language is, you need to know what it is because you're not really loving her unless you're speaking her language. Like, you're speaking Chinese when she speaks American. So, you got to know what her language is. But watch this. The five love, five love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, giving gifts, and physical touch. God's got a love language. And his love language is quality time. God just wants our time. God just wants us. God wants us. He wants our heart. And how do you give God your heart? Give him your time. Give him a little bit of it to where he says, God, 
I mean, God doesn't care as far as acts of service. That gets a lot into rules. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you go to church every day this month, then God's going to be super pleased with you. Well, that's that, nowhere in the scriptures does it say that. But the Bible does say that when you give your heart to him, you pray, you give your life to him, you give some time to God, God's going to respond to you just in an incredible way. And a lot of that is us being disciplined. But when you love God with all your heart, you're going to be disciplined. You know, I was uh, so I, I taught at church this past uh, this past Sunday and, and in preparation. I spent, a, you know, a lot of time research, reading, reading scriptures, diving into scriptures, um, you know, trying to get below the surface and, and, and try like to really dig into to some points and some in some and verses to get some meanings and and all of that was just like pouring in into me right so like really just spending that time with with God in his word and it was really feeding me and I told Kim uh, my wife and I was like man shame on me because during during those times of studying and and preparing for for my teaching like I just, I just felt like there was just such um it, it was very empowering yeah, sure. And it was just like, it was just so soothing to my spirit that I was spending, I was spending my time diving into his word and getting to know him more and being, being able to feed myself so I could feed our church. How many times have, you know, we just plop down on our recliner and we spend time with Netflix and what does that really do for our spirit? Right. Yeah. What, or or our favorite show, and I'm not against TV, and I'm not against, you know, recreation, stuff like that. But when we, the one commodity, like you said, the one thing that God wants is our time, okay? We can, we can always make money. We can't buy, we can't buy God's love, right? Right, right. We can maybe be able to buy our wife's love. Right. <laughs> but if, 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 if gifts is one of her love languages. Yeah. But spending time with him, because we cannot... We can't make more time. Once you spend the, like this time that we have together, we, we, you can't make that up. That's why God He wants our quality time, and we can definitely, man, just just stop and cut out an hour of whatever you would normally do. Okay, like right now it's Monday, it's seven o'clock. Normally I'm at home, and I'm watching Monday Night Raw. It's <laughs> what I do on Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Aaron to a wrestling match one day. <laughs> so, but what I'm saying is, like, what is it that you could sacrifice yeah. and yeah. say, you know what, God, I want to be intentional about quality time with you, maybe getting into the word. Maybe it's getting on right now media or something and finding a, a study just to go through. Right. Man, yeah. I, I just can't tell you, like, just that time, I was like, man, I have been, I have missed that. Right. My spirit was telling me you have been missing out because you have let more recreational stuff right. get in the way from this quality time with God, which is what's going to sustain you right. through the tough times. And and I'll, I'll say this, where where we've gotten to is in our house, our family, is <clears throat> the time that we spend in ministry, we've learned that it's not about church or how many, how much time we spend at church or even working towards church things that, that's going to sound bad to some of you but you know the the bible says to pray without ceasing 
And that's probably one of those scriptures that everybody just passes off and says, well, that's not what it really means. I mean, there's there's no way you could pray without ceasing. You've got to you got to sleep, don't you? Uh, you know, but <laughs> you got to take a siesta. <clears throat> a siesta. And I'm, I'm not saying that I pray without ceasing, that I'm just all the time praying. But I think the focus or the intention there is that our mind never stops applying, you know, like or, or just saying whatever I'm doing, I what is what is my contribution to the kingdom of heaven in this moment yeah. if i'm out playing with my kids i'm looking to see if there's a neighbor out in their yard and i'm going to find a reason to go and, and i'm not a sociable person by nature but god has is, is helped to get me to the place where i i look at every situation of how can i impact this person i and i and i go into it saying you know, I, I know I have faith to believe that God could use something going on in this situation right now that I could be used. I could be an instrument to do something that he wants to do. Does he do it every time? No. Sometimes we just have a conversation and I, we go on about our lives. But there's more and more times when I do see him do things. And it's because I'm, I'm, I'm putting my mind in the, in the place that it's not so much about my time. And I'm not having to carve out like a, uh, you know, and I know what you're saying. You're talking about like personal devotion to God, which everybody needs to have. And it's very difficult to have that. But I think, and the other time, the other thing is if you surrender your own time to God, like all of my time during the day, if somebody were to call me on a Saturday and say, hey, could we meet and talk? I'm going to look and say, you know, I'm going, we're going, come over to the house. You know, we've got to where we are willing to have people over to our house at any time. And it's, you know, I, we had to cancel on, on Kim's birthday. Because, yeah, that's <laughs> and ridiculous. And I felt really, I felt really terrible Absolutely about it. Absolutely ridiculous. Garbage friends. But that's a good example <laughs> of, you know, the willingness that we have to be open to whoever God wants to send our way. Do we know that he's sending them specifically every time? No, we don't. We we operate on the possibility Right. And and the desire to be available for him to use at any time, any place. One of the being the open door. Yeah. Right? One of the things that I was just thinking about was my wife's love language is quality time. And I didn't know that till years in our marriage. Well, I was like, Oh my gosh, seriously? Like you would have the love language that I have the hardest time speaking because <laughs> Like, I don't have a lot of, you know what I'm saying? It's like I struggle with time management. So, like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, so it's like I would rather just go buy you something, you know? But she wants time. That's my wife as well. Like, the one thing that I'm like, I really don't have, I have more money than I have time. <laughs> and I don't have a lot of money. So, <laughs> but, but my point is this, is that I learned quality time. Hey, but I want to prove this this one point here because I just thought about this. Um, I was talking to my wife the other day. I forgot when it was. Maybe it was on our anniversary. And I said, and we was talking about our relationship with each other. And I said, how do you feel like that I am loving you? Am I loving you the way you need to be loved as far as quality of time? I said, is there area that I can improve upon as a husband? And she said, no. She said, I feel like that <laughs> you've done a lot better. She says, you know, we do spend a lot of time together as a family. And a lot of time together, you know, you've made made a purpose to do that. And she says, I can really tell that. But Mondays is our day off here at the church. Mine and pastors, like, we take that day and we spend it with our wives. Because the other six days throughout the week, we're doing something. But we set aside Monday as, like, our 
family Sabbath, okay? Did we get you in trouble for recording the podcast tonight? Yeah, pretty much. So, Dang it. Uh, I'll be sleeping on the couch tonight, fellas. Yes. Taking one for the team. That's right. You got Winnie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's uh, his dog. But anyhow, I, do, I wanted to say this because she said, you know what Mondays has turned into, though? And I'm like, what's that? She's like, your to-do list. She's like, instead of us doing something like to actually spend time together, oh. we find ourselves checking things off the list, you know, going to the bank, going to do this, taking care of this family thing, or this is something around the house. And she says, "Our quali- watch this, our quality time is turned into a to-do list. Mm-hmm. Think about this with us with God. How many times do we consider our time with God being like a to-do list of like, okay, I've got to go clean the gym, or I've got to go do this with men's ministry, or I've got to go do this at church. And we consider that time with God, and God's going, mm. that's not quality time. And we become disciplined in the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Like I was disciplined doing my to-do list, but I that's wasn't disciplined in spending quality it's time. It's like the Mary Martha thing you you got to be kind of both i think the lesson there is is you need the mary uh, the martha on some level yeah maybe <clears throat> honestly the older that i get and the longer that i'm around church and different things i wonder sometimes if we're not too focused on the preparation and and the different things and and it takes away from our focus on on being that mary uh, for everybody who works in a church, I think that's a constant struggle. Yeah, is we become more about servicing the ministry, and and being the ministry instead of actually, you know, serving the God of the ministry. But we're disciplined at the wrong things. Yeah, it's like okay, man, I am faithful in this, but I'm am I being faithful in the wrong things? Okay, so like we're all faithful to something. Like what you was talking about, not making fun of you, but like every Monday night, you're going to be watching Monday Night Raw, right? So, I know you won't make fun of me, but Aaron will. <laughs> I won't. I'm I over mean, that. He sits on his couch with his We've Ric Flair jacket. <laughs> uh, uh, no. And, and you're <laughs> I only wear it when I go to the live events. <laughs> <laughs> but you're faithful to that. Am faithful. I, am, it, I, am I right? You're faithful to it, man. We're all faithful to something. That's right. Why can't we be faithful to the right things? Are you saying that Raw is... Monday Night Raw is the wrong Hey, thing? man, no, it's a passive-aggressive statement. Oh, gosh. <laughs> On a pastoral level, I will say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, again, I think that comes back to understanding what your purpose is. Right. Right. And, and like, as balancing time with family. For us, it's it's been in, in a little bit of a understanding that our ministry involves our family. Uh, we, we give Bible studies on Saturday mornings to our neighbor, <clears throat> and he's got two kids. Yeah. And one of our kids. Their his little girl is is the same around the same age as my daughter, and so my daughter knows it's her job when they come over for Bible study. She is the babysitter, and she's five years old, but she's like, oh, I gotta go play with Jean Wee, and so she'll take her upstairs and have like stuff set out for her to play with because she understands that like her her job is to to try to play with the the kids so that the parents can can have the Bible study with mommy and daddy. And so it's like our whole family revolves around that. My son, he's like, he he loves, you know, video games and playing around with music stuff and all that. 
but like I've noticed more and more that he's getting more interested in being in the room with us when we give our Bible studies. And so he's not looking to go like his friend came over Saturday, knocked on the door and opened up the door. Oliver's like, I can't play right now. And he's and his friend's like, Why? He's like, I just we're having Bible study. I can't play right now. And he shut the <laughs> he shut the door on his in his face. I was like, well, Is this the same kid that just runs in the house? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like thinking, well, I might need to have a discussion with Oliver about you know friendship, but but at the same time, I was kind of like, you know, that's kind of cool because his mindset is, hey, we're doing Bible study now. Yeah, that's and awesome. it's something that he's he identifies like my whole family identifies with that, and we do it together. You know, I mean, they're not sitting there having the Bible study with me, but they they take part in it, and their mindset is, hey, I want to help. I want to help do this because I know it's 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 worthwhile doing. I asked Stephen Tolman one time. I said, Stephen Tolman is a missionary to Mexico, and I said, Stephen, I said, how do you how do you uh, you balance your family and ministry because you're so busy? He said, I don't. He said, my family we do ministry together, and he said, at the age of five, his daughter was down in Mexico cleaning up a gunshot wound for one of the men who got shot. She's five years old, and she's helping him Man. clean up a gunshot wound. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I remember, I remember you telling me that. And and honestly, that is my focus. Yeah. When I think about, you know, we don't we don't do a lot of we don't do sports and stuff like that. And and every now and then, me and my wife were like, "Man, are we are we shortchanging our kids by by not doing that?" But you know, we spend unless we're at work or school, we're together as a family. Right. I mean, whether we're doing chores or or hanging out, doing fun stuff or or ministry stuff, and and so that's something that has been very fulfilling for our family, you know. And we we find we you know my wife she's big on making dinner special, so whether we're having you know a microwave, <laughs> you know some kind of dish or it's it's something fancy, I mean we we all sit down at the table, the TVs are off. You know, no, no games, you know, and we right. turn on some music in the background. Sometimes my wife will even light candles just because her her, wow. her desire is to make dinner, very, family dinner. Very wide in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That's when mommy and daddy have dinner after the kids <laughs> <Yeah>. go to bed. <laughs> but, but, you know, like so many families are, are you know, they, they don't eat dinner together. No, they eat, I just heard that statistic. That's crazy, man. They a lot eat of dinner don't. like on the couch in front of the TV. Right, right. My I wife, mean, I, I hear people talk about it. My wife and I, we, every meal, breakfast, like if I and if yeah. I'm at home during lunch, and dinner, we are at the table and the yeah. TV is off. Right. But I think the reason families are so, you know, dysfunctional is they don't take the time to do those things, and especially Christian families. Not only should we be eating together, but like we should be ministering together. You know, and, and doing things that are kingdom focused. Again, I'm not against sports or anything like that, but if, if sports takes so much time and puts so much stress on the family, you know, and, and you're not able to do anything for God. Now you can you can take the things that you're already doing and like I said, be open to God using you in those moments. But if you're just running from one thing to the next and everybody's spread out, you never see anybody, then you know, that that's <laughs> Here's a spin to put on this. Instead of changing you, start changing your environment. That's right. If you have a hard time being disciplined, instead of changing you, change your environment. Change what you're putting in front of you, like your environment of what you're talking about with family time. 
Um, you know, when we talk about distractions with God, you know, the, one of the reasons why we're not disciplined in certain areas is because our environment's crazy. Yeah. Stop yeah. worrying about changing you and just change the things around you. And when you do that, you produce an environment where you're going to be more disciplined. I've heard this, uh, this saying. It took me a minute. I was like, hmm. But if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't change the people around you, well, then change the people. Right. Like, I, I'm I'm really intentional with who I spend my time with. Yeah. You know? Like I'm, I'm very, and I'm very picky and selective. Yeah. Not that I'm stuck up or nothing like that. Right. But I know I've got to be around other dreamers. I've got to be around people that are pushing, who are pushing for me, right? And who are challenging me and helping me. And I pray that I'm around people so I can help them. Yeah. Push them. Right. Motivate them. Right. Um, I feel like I'm a challenge to you sometimes. Well, he didn't even go out. To eat, he didn't even go out and celebrate your wife's dinner. I'm starting to question our friendship. Always a good way. No. <laughs> it's true. No, I'm just but that's, I mean, that like that's important. Like, I, you just don't spend your time with anybody. Right. There are people who are spiritual leeches. They are uh, emotionally draining and and you know uh, negative Nellies. Man, I'm out. Right. Like I'm if if I got one shot at this life, I want to put myself around people who who are going to like I it, I hope it doesn't sound selfish, but I want people who are going to help me and I want to be around people where I can help them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like this podcast here, um I know I couldn't do this by myself. Yeah. You know, I I tried another podcast with somebody and you know, it was just I saw it going down the wrong way. And, but God wanted, I knew where I wanted to go with the podcast was for men's ministry. Right. Okay, cool. Well, who, who, who would want to be a part of this? Well, I got two of my closest friends. I was like, well, hopefully they'll, I would love for them to, Jonathan, you were a guest on one of our episodes yeah. of, of my first one that we had. Right. And uh, then I was just thinking, you know, who, who could be that, that other voice? Well, man. Somebody's got to be able to hit play. Somebody's got to be able to hit record. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> but it's it it's it's just like man, you you got to get around people who are going to make you better, right? You know, don't spend your time with just anybody. Yeah, sometimes your friends will push you to be more disciplined. Yeah, your environment. You know what you're talking about. My friend brings me a Snickers before we record this That's podcast. That's exactly right. And I bring my other boy over there Reese's that he hasn't eaten yet. That's okay, well, I'm eating sweet tarts. I can't mix sweet tarts and, and he'll, eat, he'll eat that when he Reese's gets cup. home. <laughs> Throw it in the freezer. I like it in the freezer. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, those would be great. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, so. hey, give those Reese's back to me. I'm gonna put it in my freezer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but well, so I mean, how do, how, do, how do we put a bow on this? Oh man, that's a good good. Uh, well, you know, I think we talked a lot about disciplines and things that distract us, things that will keep us focused. We talked a lot about time, um, you know, because all that revolves around discipline. And I just feel like that, um, you know, over these last couple episodes, I feel like God has definitely spoken some things to some men that's going to hopefully impact their lives. Yeah, because every man struggles with discipline. Absolutely, every man. I mean, don't think you're by yourself because hey, I'm not good enough. You know. A lot of it goes back to our relationship with God, you know, our heart with him. And I think we can't we can't under under underplay. Is that a word? Sure. Undermine. Under 
Undervalue. Undervalue. Underwear. <laughs> Undervalue small steps. <laughs> because I think sometimes we shoot to be Paul the Apostle when we're not ready to be there. And, and God has a journey that he intends for us to go on of growth yeah. and maturity that if we try to skip steps, it leads to failures and frustrations and setbacks. When you know, and those can be learning experience. They God can can use those. So even if you've experienced some failures and some some mistakes, don't don't be discouraged because God can even turn those into strengths. And and I've I've been telling our young guys, hey, your weaknesses are might be what God is intending to use. And if if you are open to be vulnerable. And to talk about your weaknesses, God will turn those into strengths before you even know it. That's right, because, I mean, the Apostle Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh. He says how he pleaded with God three times to remove this thorn in his flesh. But the Lord says, my grace is sufficient in your weakness. Right. Mm-hmm. And you th- and I was looking at, I was teaching on this, and the word sufficient means an unfailing strength. An unfailing strength, and, and Apostle Paul says, "I would, I would rather boast in, I would boast in my infirmities, so that the power of the Spirit of the Lord would rest upon me." Our weakness is where we see God. That's exactly. We don't right. see God when we're strength. When our we're strong. We look at our own. Look how strong I am. Look, man, I'm doing good. That's right. <laughs> our our weakness, our weakness is the avenue for God's glory to come in and Amen. to shine. It's awesome, bro. We shouldn't be ashamed of our weakness. Right. Shouldn't be ashamed of that. God's given us a, 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 an unfailing strength to to get to not let our weakness take us over, but He gives us that unfailing strength and that grace, so He He can be glorified. Because without that, we wouldn't be here. Right? You know, we wouldn't be able to be able to see through. So if 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 a thorn in the flesh is good enough for the Apostle Paul, then it's good enough for a Mark Rice. Right. I've just got to realize where my strength and my help comes from. And spiritual discipline has to come from a from a heart's desire for more of God, and, right. and instead of I'm going to try to change my heart, I'm going to change my heart. It has to be He's God change changes it. my heart. It's supernatural, not natural. Right, yeah. right, absolutely. You know what my weakness is? Chocolate, Krispy Kreme, hot sign. <laughs> did you did you use that coupon I emailed you? Absolutely, I did. <laughs> he said you're my best friend. <laughs> oh gosh that's great well man thank you so much again for joining us we're going to we're going to wrap this one up you know and uh hope you enjoyed this i don't know is this going to be a two-parter how long have we been recording two hours two hours no. yeah man well anyway just just hey just end it normal okay because it's, it's probably be part two and you just end it normal Come perfect on. good deal well, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on the Armor Up 613 podcast where we are equipping men for the spiritual battleground. Make sure you check out our website, www.armorup613.com. And remember, guys, it's a battleground, not a playground. We'll see you on the next episode. Daddy, that man said the D word. <laughs>